it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On November 4th, 1991, 23-year-old Lisa Jameson had a secret. Even though it was a good secret, she was still nervous about it. Lisa had just found out that she was pregnant with her second child. She was thrilled with the idea of expanding her family, but she wasn't as sure that her husband, Alan, would share her excitement. But we don't know if Lisa ever had a chance to find out. On that morning, she left work after a night shift, dropped off a co-worker, and was never seen alive again. Now, 30 years later, the son who was left behind is still searching for answers and above all justice for his beloved mother. When a person goes missing, there's a special kind of pain in the not knowing. I want to tell you the stories of those who never came home. Today, I want to tell you the story of Lisa Jameson. I'm Kona Gallagher, and this is And Then They Were Gone. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining me for this very special solo episode. If you're a regular listener, you know that I'm a realtor and my lovely co-host slash husband, Ethan, is a law enforcement officer. Well, it's the spring market, so my job has kept me insanely busy. Ethan also has to work a lot of overtime. So long story short, this week's regular episode has not happened. However, I want to get you something, so I figured it would be a good time to pull out the story of Lisa Jameson. I've had a tab on my phone open for months about this case, but I haven't made it into an actual episode up to this point because, unfortunately, there's just not a lot of information out there about it. But that's also all the more reason to talk about her. So I'd like to start doing more of these mini-sodes to help bring awareness to stories that haven't received a ton of media coverage. And this is obviously the first one. So, you know, let me know what you think. Lisa Diane Jamison was born Lisa Diane Collins on September 26, 1968 to Barbara and Frank Collins. The youngest of six children, Lisa is described as being a woman who was filled with joy. 
Her sister, Dr. Treva Free Kimbrough, told NBC 12, quote, she had the most beautiful smile and she loved to laugh, end quote. She was total and complete joy. Her son, Kyle, only has fleeting memories of his mother. He remembers her pushing him on a swing, but most of his memories are more feelings than actual memories. He remembers being fiercely loved. Lisa fell in love and married young. At the time of her 1991 disappearance, Lisa was 23 years old and was already married with a two-year-old. Her husband, Alan, was six years older than her. The 29-year-old worked as a correctional officer at the Maricopa County Jail in their home state of Arizona. Alan was originally from Bolivia, though, and his parents still lived there. Lisa was born and raised in Arizona and remained close with her tight-knit family who was still in the state. In fact, Lisa visited with her mother the day before she went missing. Her mother, Barbara, told the Arizona Republic in 1998 that Lisa came by her house on November 3rd of 1991. She asked to borrow $10, and she shared some huge news. She thought she was pregnant. Lisa loved being a mom, so she was thrilled by this, but she wasn't sure how Alan was going to react. Apparently, the couple had discussed the prospect of having more children, and Alan said that he didn't want any more. But, you know, Barbara was like, well, you got to tell him. It's not like this is something you can keep secret from your husband, so he's going to figure it out sooner or later. They chatted for a little bit longer and then said their goodbyes, and Lisa headed home. Barbara had no idea that that would be the last time she would ever see her youngest child. No details have been publicly released regarding the rest of Lisa's day. We don't know if she went home and talked to Alan or anything like that. What we do know is that that evening, she did have to go to work. Lisa worked the overnight shift at Mote Electronics. When she finished work the next morning, she dropped a co-worker off at home near McQueen Road and Chandler Boulevard in Chandler, Arizona. The co-worker was later interviewed by police and said that everything seemed completely normal with Lisa. There was no indication that anything was upsetting her or that she was going to do anything except go home after a long shift. At some point during that day, Lisa was supposed to pick up Kyle from the babysitter. Now, I don't know if that's something that she usually did directly after work or if she would go home, get some sleep, and then pick Kyle up afterward. But in any case, she didn't show up. At around 5 p.m. that day, her husband, Alan, reported her missing. Now, he called her family. He called police. He did everything that, you know, you would assume he would do. But nobody knew what had happened to Lisa. Now, even though Lisa was last seen in Chandler, Arizona, she and Alan lived in nearby Gilbert, Arizona. So that was the police department who took on the case. According to an interview that Lisa's son Kyle gave to Fox 10 in February of 2022, Gilbert police initially thought that his mother had just run off. And again, you know, we see that so much in these cases, like it's a missing adult. She just took off. So Lisa's family was faced with what so many families of missing adults are faced with, an investigation that doesn't start. Gilbert police told her family that they needed to wait 72 hours to see if she was going to show up before they would start an investigation. When the 72 hours was up and the missing persons report was officially filed, Gilbert police didn't find any evidence that Lisa had just run off as they had thought. 
All of her belongings were left behind. All of her money was left behind. None of her credit cards were used after her disappearance. And the money in the joint account that she shared with her husband also remained untouched. Now, granted, Lisa's car was gone and she was last known to be driving the car, but that was the only evidence that could have pointed to her just deciding to take off and start a new life. But just under a month after Lisa's disappearance, police made a shocking discovery. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lisa's abandoned red Buick Le Mans was found in the parking lot of an adult bookstore called Pleasure World in Phoenix. Now, Phoenix, Arizona is about a half an hour away from Chandler, where Lisa was last seen. And again, a completely different police department. Her case hadn't gotten much publicity, or really any publicity at all, so no one knew the importance of that car. It had sat in the store's parking lot for at least 10 days before the owner or employees or somebody related to the store finally called to have it towed. It was only then that police realized the connection to a missing persons case in Gilbert. Interestingly, news reports say pretty consistently that there wasn't any blood or other evidence recovered from the vehicle. However, a blog post by Lisa's sister painted a very different picture, one of a violent struggle. It said, quote, Inside the car, there appeared to be signs of a violent struggle. The rear view mirror was broken. Footprints were on the front ceiling of the car. The emergency brake arm shift was bent. The passenger side back seat had a very large brown stain. A broken red fingernail was found on the floor of the back seat. The trunk lock was broken, and a substance similar to sand or detergent was found on the back seat and in the trunk. Holy shit, like that is a lot, and that is very specific. I mean, all of that is extremely specific evidence. So there has to have been something that the police found that couldn't have just come out of nowhere, you know? Now, I don't know if police were just trying to hold back details of the crime from reporters, which is why all of the articles said that no evidence was found, but it it still strikes me as a little bit weird and it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because it's one thing to say no evidence was found, but you know, if you wanted to just protect the specific evidence, it would make more sense to say like, yes, we did find evidence, but we're not disclosing what it is or, you know, we're not going into detail, but they didn't do that. So I don't know, but that seems like an emergency to me. Something bad happened in that car. None of those things would normally be in a car, a fingernail, a broken lock. I mean, footprints on the ceiling, like it's all 
adding up to something extremely dire. But again, because police never released this information, it never made it out there. So reporters weren't aware that there was this potential emergency situation, this violent kidnapping that occurred. And so they didn't cover it. You know, this case just didn't get attention. And perhaps if these details had been released, it would have. So anyway, another reason why it seems as though this evidence was found in the car, other than the specificity of it, is that in 2004, Gilbert police announced that they were going to have the Department of Public Safety analyze DNA from Lisa's car. And so if the initial reports are correct, then there wouldn't really have been anything to look at. Unfortunately, nothing seems to have come from these tests, as there hasn't been any follow-up regarding what was tested or what the results were. At the beginning, Lisa's family held out hope that she was still out there alive somewhere. Police questioned Alan, of course, but he was never arrested on any charges related to his wife's disappearance. Nor was anyone else. At first, Cal remained in his home with his father, But in 1993, Alan decided to up and move back to Bolivia. He left Kyle with Lisa's parents, and he never saw his son again. According to Barbara, he only ever even called Kyle one time after he left. But it was all for the best because Barbara and Frank adopted Kyle and raised him surrounded by the people who loved his mother the most. Kyle was a good student, he was a basketball player, and even an entrepreneur— By the time he graduated from Dobson High School in 2007, he had already started his first business, Real Entertainment. Kyle was a hip-hop artist and released his first CD under the name Casey, a.k.a. The Dime. He now goes by Sincerely Collins. Kyle did change his last name to Collins, which was, of course, his mother's maiden name. Though his father apparently moved back to the U.S. at some point, remarried, and settled in Kansas, it doesn't appear as though Kyle ever rekindled his relationship with him. It also doesn't appear that police have followed up with him at all about his wife's disappearance. It should be noted as well that Alan never joined Lisa's family in searches for her, nor has he ever made any inquiries about the status of her case or anything along those lines. Kyle's missing mother has been omnipresent in his life and shapes everything that he does. When he was in his mid-20s, he learned more about his mother's case, and he said that it wasn't good for his psyche. He battled depression and tried desperately to find closure, but there was none. Now, Kyle not only believes that someone harmed his mother, but that he at least has an idea of what happened. He told Fox 10, quote, I'm 100% positive that it's foul play, and I don't have a question in my mind, and I believe I know who it is as well, end quote. Kyle and the rest of Lisa's family have not given up searching for answers. They want the person responsible to be held accountable for what happened to Lisa. NBC News 12 reached out to the Gilbert Police Department in 2021 around the 30th anniversary of Lisa's disappearance. They made the following statement, quote, The case involving the disappearance of Lisa Jamison continues to be actively worked on by a Gilbert Police Detectives Unit. Any and every lead is investigated for any possible answers to her disappearance. Although it's been 30 years, we are working this case covering any lead that comes forward. Our hopes are to rekindle any person's recollection of Mrs. Jamison's disappearance. 
Resources from other law enforcement agencies in state and out of state have been utilized throughout this investigation throughout the years. We are hoping this news story and the internet can help with any further information to this case. There are currently no persons of interest identified in this case. End quote. Lisa's family believes that she was murdered and they want her killer found. Kyle told NBC 12, quote, Justice for us would be prosecuting the person who's responsible for this and anyone who helped them to bring my family closure. End quote. Today, Kyle is still an artist and he says he talks to his mother every day. His music is shaped by the mom he lost at such a young age, and he's raising a daughter that reminds him so much of her. He's passing on the love that his mother gave to him. Now he just needs answers. Lisa Jamison has been missing from Chandler, Arizona since November 4, 1991. She is a black woman with brown hair and brown eyes. She was approximately 5'6 and 122 pounds at the time of her disappearance and was last seen wearing a pink shirt, jeans, white shoes, a silver rope necklace, and a silver herringbone necklace. She was possibly pregnant. Lisa was 23 years old when she went missing. She would be 53 today. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Lisa Jamison, please contact the Gilbert Police at 480-508-6500. You can see all of the sources for this episode along with photos and videos at our website and thentheywergone.com. And be sure to like us on social media. We're on Facebook at and then they were gone Pod, and on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at ETTWGPod. Also, please don't forget to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this right now. Before you turn us off, just go, just go do it. Open it up. Leave us a review. Leave us five stars. It would really, really be appreciated. And we will see you here next week, both of us, for a brand new episode. And Then They Were Gone is hosted by Kona Gallagher and Ethan Flick. All research, writing, and editing is done by Kona Gallagher. Theme music is The Stork by Ketza. Additional music is provided by Kai Engel. And then they were gone is a little monster production. Hey, you can do it! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The housing market may be crazy, but you still need a place to live. Hey, it's me, Kona Gallagher, host of the very podcast you're listening to right now. True crime may be one of my passions, but my other one is real estate. For those of you who don't know, I'm a realtor with Compass based in Northern Virginia. My specialty is Loudoun County, but I work all over the region helping my clients achieve their real estate goals. There are so many opportunities in the market right now, but I found that a lot of people are afraid to jump in. But you've got me. 
and I'm here to answer all of your questions and guide you through the process of buying or selling your home. And if you want a little behind the scenes info on the podcast, I'll throw that in as well. Interested in making your next move? Call or text me at 571-577-6383. That's 571-577-6383. I'm licensed in Virginia and look forward to helping you on your journey home.